Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. <laughs> to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who is missing both of her co-hosts this week. Toasty was on vacation, and now V is unable to make it tonight. Please send her all of your healing thoughts. I miss my girl. But instead... I am joined by four of our patrons to discuss who is your overall favorite romance. Oh, and Maya is here too, so sorry if she's yelling into the microphone again tonight. Let's go around the room. Lizzie, you're up first. Say hi and let us know what you want to be called, because it's your first Patreon chat with us. Hi, everybody. I am Lizzie, or LVCC13. You can call me Liz, Lizzie, Lizard Breath. That gets used a lot. Thank you, older brother. Any variation. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Wynn. Hey, hey, what's up? I'm Wynn. Yay! <laughs> Shanko. What's up, guys? It's Shanko. And Apollo. Oh. Hello, I'm Apollo. So I think we're ready to dive into it and start talking about favorite overall romance. The best of the best, the greatest of the greatest. Lizzie, you're up first on the screen. Who is your number one? My number one, this was really hard for me because I had to go in and think, okay, the game I'm obsessed with the most and that I've actually finished all the games is Dragon Age. So which... Which one of my three idiots is it? <laughs> and after thinking about it a lot, it's it's got to be Cullen. It's Commander Cullen Rutherford. Why? How can you not? He's just, I love him. He needs so much therapy, but I love him. Oh, I'm currently playing Dragon Age 2 right now. And I'm like, no, fuck off, Cullen. But then you meet him in Inquisition again. And I'm like, okay, fuck on, Cullen. Let's go. <laughs> Definitely. 
Oh, and he, so I haven't played through the Cullen romance yet. It's definitely on the list. Um, why is he your favorite? Because you've got some pretty good options out of all three games. Very true. I just, I love that he's a character who genuinely looks at his past and says, I was not correct in my views and I want to be a better person and more understanding. Yes, he still has issues with mages and magic and all that, but considering what happened to him in the circle and in Kirkwall, the fact that he has recognized that he has made mistakes and is not trying to color all people the same way um, in his own perception and just like genuinely trying to do the best and just how kind he is to everyone and how much work he puts in. And then of course, just the way that he talks to your inquisitor. He's just, he's just a sweetheart. He's just such a good man. And he's a dog person. How can you not love him? He's a dog guy with good hair. I mean, come on. (laughs) And there's a whole desk thing also that, that might've been part of it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Before things get too steamy, <laughs> uh, Wynne, who did you bring to the table tonight? Um, I, I think my favorite video game romance is going to have to be Jal from Mass Effect Andromeda. And uh, maybe unpopular, weird opinion, but uh, I I just think... As for why, it's he's very unabashed about showing emotion, and he's very sweet, and um, open-minded. Jal is the guy you bring home to mom, and that it may not be a literal white picket fence because I don't even think that there are fences in Andromeda but you can totally see that with him and the moments that he has are so touching and sweet I I have not fully experienced the jaw romance either because uh, I went with Liam uh, but he One of the things that I really, really like in video game romances is when the character is vulnerable enough to say, I love you. And a lot of the times it can feel rushed in games because we only have, you know, like maybe five scenes with them that are actually true romance dialogue scenes. But when Joel says it, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy because you believe it. Continue yeah, talking I, about why he's the best. <laughs> I, I, you can't see it on the camera, but my face got really hot because I feel so awkward talking about this stuff. <laughs> and which is a page I can take from him, right? Like, <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. So a lot of people also love Garrus, and. One of his favorite lines is, you know, I didn't know that you were into Turians with scars. And then you realize that Jal has scars too. 
And it really only adds to his character how he's gotten every single one of them. And Cullen. And Cullen has scars, too. We like the awkward boys with the scars. It's a thing. (sighs) It's a thing. Hmm. My character tonight has scars, too. Holy crap. Kink unlocked. Must research further. Uh, hmm. (laughs) I also, so one of my favorite things about Andromeda is the fact that there are two scenes in every romance. You get to your final culmination scene, and then in the previous Mass Effect games, when you got there, if you said something along the lines of, like, no, not tonight, that's basically a dismissal of your relationship, and it counts as a breakup. And uh, it's a rejection. But with Andromeda... You can go with the, no, I don't want sex tonight. I just want to be with you tonight. And I love that aspect. Um, with Andromeda, they went to borderline softcore porn on all of almost all of the romance scenes. And so if that's not something that you're into, or maybe you're only 15 and picking up the game for the first time, or... You know, something like that where you just don't want to see it, then you don't have to, but you can still have a relationship. Uh, I think the Cora just hold me scene is really sweet. And the Jaw just sit with me in this moment scene is also really, really good. All right. Uh, Shanko, who's your all time favorite not smasher? <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about Adam Smasher tonight because he's not romanceable. Um, <laughs> if given half the chance. All right, I'm done. <laughs> no, my dreamboat, my favorite romance in all of video games, his scars are internal and permanent. Um, I got to say it's Thane from Mass Effect 2 and continuing into 3. I have such a massive soft spot for Thane. And I also feel like as a Commander Shepard who romanced Caden and then you go through the kind of breakup on Horizon, um, I feel like Thane is an extremely spiritual and comforting um, kind of foil to what has been experienced. And then... You know, I, I just I just love the character of Thane. I think that they gave him such a, a depth of character and, and insane traits. They built the whole draw race around Thane. Uh, so I love his romance. It's so sweet and it feels very genuine, like two people falling in love. Not because they're insanely attracted to one another, but because they touch one another's souls. Oh, Thane. If there was an alien that could give Garrus a run for his money in Mass Effect 2 romances, it is Thane for sure for me. His scenes are so powerful. And thinking about it, I am actually picturing a slight scar wound on one of his chest muscles but that 
could just be me imagining and seeing way too many fan art pieces, so don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that Thane might have a scar too. <laughs> I mean, he has taken bullets, so I'm assuming he does have some scars, whether or not we see them or not, because they really cheaped out on us on our alien scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they made up for it in Andromeda. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to see a lot of jaw. <laughs> yeah, he's a <laughs> generous lover. And he's got a really nice ass. <laughs> so what you're saying is I need to finish my Mass Effect 3 playthrough as soon as possible. To get to Andromeda? To get to Andromeda. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Okay, there's a plan now. Oh, but Thane, the way that he speaks in the final scene... And the way that Shepard just pulls him out of his memories. And that line, that beautiful, beautiful line of Thane, be alive with me tonight. It haunts me. Definitely. And I, you know, I've played through the series a bunch of times, but I feel like my canon Shepard always romances Thane in Mass Effect 2. And in the times that I have romanced, you know, Garrus or the one time that I romanced Jacob, um, I struggled with it because I get to the scene where I could, you know, pursue the romance with Thane and I go, not this playthrough, but it's painful to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, once you fall for your character, it's hard to go back and do replays. I mean, we all replay this, the games over and over again and make different key decisions. But once it's like you get to the lock-in scenes and you're like, uh, nope, I promised myself I would do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I fully support the love of Thane. Apollo, who are you bringing to the table? Well, if we're talking Mass Effect, my favorite is Tali, but my favorite all time is, of course, Judy. This is someone I could not have in real life, but uh, her romance is just hands down my favorite. You're you're such good friends with her before you even have the sex scene. I mean, it's just it's just the perfect perfect romance for me and judy is such a cool girl and i mean if we're talking scars her scars are maybe internal but judy's got hers and i think i don't know i just it's just perfect i don't i can't say anything more perfect judy is amazing uh and i think she does have a hairline scar like maybe somewhere on this on the shaved part of her head, but again, I'm fixating on the scar thing. Um, I love the fact that she is open with, and she fully knows who she is, and uh, is gonna stick to her guns and her sense of morality. She will tell you to fuck off if you don't make the right choices for her. And so 
for me with my V, knowing that I was playing a male V and couldn't romance her, I was like, I know that I can't get a full relationship with you. So I went the corporal route with her and I made the bad decisions. And uh, she straight up told me, I'm never speaking to you again. And then I get this little flash on my screen that Judy Alvarez has deleted you from her contacts. And I couldn't talk to her for the rest of the game. So she very much sticks to her guns and will not put up with your bullshit. And I appreciate that. I think there's criticism of her that she's too, that she gets clingy really fast and stuff like that. But in that world, I mean, she's lost everybody she's ever cared about. She is the epitome of carpe diem. I mean, she doesn't, if she waits a month, you might not be there and based on the, her past experiences. So she's got to go all in fast. And I think she just has so much room to go. Like in a real world situation, I mean, if V doesn't, I mean, if V doesn't die, but in a real world situation, I think Judy has so much space to grow just as a human and as, as a companion. I think it's just, it's just, it's awesome. I agree. And along the same lines of her falling in love too fast, I do think she does. But then again, it's just the constraints of the video games itself. Again, with the, you only get, you know, three to five actual romantic uh, dialogue scenes with a lot of video game romances. So it does feel sometimes that we fall in love too fast. Um, and she definitely falls into that category for me, um, that there just wasn't enough time with her. Um, and especially in cyberpunk romances as a whole, since they are not companions, you don't get to go out on, on missions with them. You don't get party banter like you would in a lot of other games. You don't get um, hang back at the camp and talk to everybody that is a part of your crew. And so that's why cyberpunk romances can feel a little stilted because you don't have long term missions with all of them. Uh, Pan Am being the biggest exception to that. But, yeah. I'm, I'm just over here as a river romancer, crying a little bit. Yeah. I know. Maybe one day they will unbug him. Maybe. I would like another ten minutes of dialogue with Carrie. That would make me so happy. Oh. Okay, Bat Knight. Who have you brought as your all-time favorite romance? Okay, just testing. I'm not muted right now. <laughs> nope, you're good. Um, I actually got to thinking about that because, uh, to me, favorite would be like which one do I, would I personally want to be involved in? And while I mean we've got our you know, our Liara's, our Tally's, our, uh, I play a lot of third person action games. So I, I'm fond of like Spider Man, the relationship between, uh, uh, Peter and Black Cat or, uh, Catwoman and Batman in the Arkham franchise. <clears throat> the problem is I got to realizing every one of those has some kind of, it doesn't end happily. Mm. You know, in Mass Effect, 
virtually every one of your uh, every one of your you know choices ends up with you know Shepard dying. Um, I just I tried to think of a game I could think of where I thought they got a happy ending, and so I ended up going with uh, I've I've got my Sir Francis Drake's ring hanging around my neck. I decided to go with last year's model, Elena Fisher from the Uncharted series. Mm. I absolutely loved their story um, because <clears throat> while she is, I wouldn't call her a damsel in distress, she does need Drake's help. But the fact of the matter is, he's not, you know, leaps and bounds above her. She's not. She's not a Lois Lane falling out of the window every other, you know, story. She she gets in a little over her head, but she helps him just as much as uh, you know, they they both need each other. And I love that part of their relationship, you know, it's it's not one-sided. It's not one of them's a hero, one of them's a sidekick. Those two balance each other out. And one of my favorite scenes from the entire trilogy is something so insignificant. There's a scene, well, it might be insignificant to most people. Um, there's a scene where in the third one, uh, Nate is trying to catch up to a plane because he's got to ca- chase the bad guys to figure out where Sully's been taken. And he manages to talk to Elena. He gives her this whole speech about, look, I can't risk losing you. I can't get you hurt. Please, for once, just listen to me and leave. And she's begrudging, but she's like, OK, fine. You know, I'll go. And then right afterward, the plane is getting away. He's starting to, you know, he's starting to lose his lead. And then all of a sudden, Elena shows up in a Jeep and just turns and yells to him, get in. It was like, ah, she she tricked him. You know, she didn't actually leave and she had his back. I don't know. I just I loved every bit of that relationship. I loved that story. And they got their happy ending with, you know, Cassie and their little island. So. Uh, so I know that V has played through all the games and we have an episode specifically for just Nate and Elena. And I, you know, I've done a little bit of the research into it because it is one of the rare relationships where it's a multi-game, multi-game relationship and it's passing over years and years and the characters are married and it's such a unique take and i mean yes it is a built-in romance you don't really have an option um but it's such a unique take on it because there's not a lot of games that are like that um so i cannot wait for us to do a deep dive on it and for us to really get into all of it uh because i've heard that there's some really sweet touching moments and then some really badass moments from the both of them and that's kind of what we all want you know give me heartfelt but also give me oh what was it uh the battle warrior couple where they will fight each other's battles and they will be there at your side no matter what. Oh, it's great. Have any of you played Uncharted? I have not yet, but I want to. I think I downloaded them on my PlayStation, but haven't gotten around to it yet. I played it's on the list. 
I've got the Nathan Drake collection. Oh, nice. So What's do you me is I was actually late to the party about Uncharted. I my first one was number four because a buddy of mine was just giving away some games and he was like, Hey man, you want to try this? And I'm like, well, I've tried them before and it just didn't hook me for whatever reason. And then I played through the fourth one and absolutely loved it. But that's usually a deal breaker for me. Cause I have like this weird thing about, I have to play the story in order. But then when you, uh, the epilogue of the fourth one is a scene with Cassie and the scene ends with Nate beginning to tell the story of how he and Elena met. And I was like, oh, okay, so this can still work. I can just play through the first three as it's Nathan telling the story. Mm -hmm. So I even pictured it like, you know, if I died over the course of the three games, Nathan suddenly being like, wait a minute, that's not what happened. Hang on. (laughs) A true RP run. Love it. All right. I think now we will go into our little mid-break dance and I will shout out the patrons. Mid-break dance. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yay! (laughs) So we don't have any new reviews to go over tonight, and there have not been any new patrons that have joined since last week, but we have some of our amazing badass patrons with us here tonight. So thank you to Toasty, Apollo, Shanko, Mystheos, Wynn, Bat Knight, and Lizzie. You all are amazing. Thank you, thank you. <sighs> all right. That's all I have for the mid-break today. As far as I can remember. <laughs> so let's get back into it. Okay. I struggled so hard with this question. Who is my all-time favorite romance because each week I go into the episode you know liking a character but then I do the deep dive I watch all the videos uh, I read all the backstory and then I fall in love with everyone that we've ever talked about and part of that is and my favorite thing is oh There it is. There's that one little thing about your personality that I would absolutely love as either like a best friend or a romantic relationship or, you know, I see something in you that makes me really, really like you. And it's happened each and every single time. And it made it really, really hard for me to pick this one, especially because I have Zev, the flirtatious little assassin who I would just absolutely love to hang out with. And 
I have Iron Bull who knows exactly what to do in the moment. I have Caden, who's the white picket fence and will be there for me every step of the way. I have Garrus, who makes me cry every single time. But I also have Jack. And Jack is the one that I have felt so emotionally connected to since the moment that cryo tank opened. I saw a pissed off woman who just needed to be able to express everything and had to learn how to not use anger as a weapon, but to make it so that way she could communicate how she really felt. So, I may lust after others, and I may fall in love with others, but I think Jack holds the biggest place in my heart. And fuck y'all in chat. <laughs> I love the build-up. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have money on that, because I would have guessed Gareth's. Yeah. You know, I I thought that I was going to go Garrus too, but then I was like, well, okay, what's my favorite part about Garrus's romance? His voice and the way that he makes me feel? Okay, yes. But then there's just so much with Jack and so much more emotion involved with it. And I think, you know, if V was here tonight, I, I probably would have because she would have gone... Uh, for V, I think she either would have gone Alistair or Solus. Like, I think those are, are her two. And so, if she had went Alistair, I would have gone Garrus. Because Garrus was the reason that we started the podcast, but Jack is just Jack. I was just saying, I've, I've vowed two things or three things for my next uh, Mass Effect run. One, I'm going to actually do a Renegade run. Two, I'm going to let Caden uh, actually live because he's died in every one of my playthroughs so far. And I think he'd be a really good foil to a Renegade Shepherd. And three is uh, romance for Renegade is going to be uh, Jack. So, Yeah. So, Apollo, your question is what about uh, Jack and oh. ME3? Oh no, I wasn't, it wasn't a question. I was just saying, even just her dialogue in ME three, if you've romanced her, is great. The way you when you meet back up, just and she's still she's being tough, but she's also still in love, and just it's I don't know, it's really it's you're it's a good call. It's definitely a good choice. Yeah, uh, I love. So there are Citadel DLC brings so much to the game and I cannot wait until we get to talk about it. Um but Jack's Jack gets three? No, no, she gets two D, uh Citadel dates. I think to make up for the fact that she wasn't on the ship with you. Uh you get the uh spicy Armax Arsenal Arena date which I love. 
and I have a headcanon about it that I can get into if you guys want me to. But then there's also uh, a secondary date um, where she truly opens up and uh, lets you back into the back inside of the walls and uh, reveals some really heavy shit that she's been going through with her kids. And it's like, yes, thank you for not have not making me have to tear down the walls again that we worked so hard to break through in Mass Effect 2. So, I love it. I, I can never get the scene with her and that um, Varen, per, new pet Varen to trigger, like mm-hmm. the Citadel DLC. DLC. I, I'm not sure what the parameters are to get that. I've seen it on YouTube, but I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> Uh, it's just her hangout, like um, default hangout. Even if you don't romance her, you get the hangout both times. Um, and she, what did she name the Varen? Urs, or no? It was. Is it Gur? I don't remember now. I feel like Gur is from Invader Zim. Yes, yes, it is. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Uh, but I don't know how it triggers, but I've gotten it, uh, like, three times. His I name is Ezo. Some of them. Ezo. Okay. Of course it is. How cute. Well, we have only been chatting for, like, a half hour. So, I think we can probably pick another topic and go... Uh, what else do we want to chat about? Do we want to talk about our least favorite romances that we've experienced or our second, our like runner up who we thought about like a very close second? If we do the least favorite, I have without hesitation an answer to that one because I got so angry with how that story ended. Same. Okay. All right. Uh, least favorite, Lizzie. Okay, so I'm probably going to get some hate from this one, but it's fine. So my very first playthrough of Dragon Age 2, I romanced Anders first, and I'm still mad at him for all of it. Because, first of all, he lies to you constantly. And that is one thing that I cannot forgive. I can forgive making bad decisions because everyone does that but you don't lie to me about the fact that you're planning on committing a terrorist attack and then you trick me into helping you with saying i found a way to separate myself from this demon that i put inside of my head we just have to do xyz thing and then everything's going to be fine and you're just like yes i i don't want to lose you to the blight because i already know i'm going to because you're a gray warden Blah, blah, blah. And then you blow up the freaking Chantry, and I'm just like, really? Really? So yeah, no, I, I will never romance him again, and this is why he gets knifed in the back in every other playthrough that I have ever done of Dragon Age 2. Anders and I'm not is, sorry about it. Anders is my canon romance for DA2. I love him. <laughs> um... 
Hmm. I'm pretty sure she just gave you consent. You can have him. Yeah, no. yeah, all yours, all yours. Do not want. Oh, yep. Um, so, I, but I can't really defend him. Um, I know that he is a shithead, but there is but just, he's your shithead. He's my shithead, exactly. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. And I do get to defend him next week. Uh, that is Anders is Anders's episode is next week. Uh, so I'll I'll have some words to say about him that I won't share tonight because we need content for next week. <laughs> when who did you not really like? Um. Uh- I think out of the ones I've done, it would have to be Fenris from Dragon Age 2. Um, I've only done two playthroughs. Um, first one was Fenris, second one was Isabella. Um, but I think the sad emo emo boy vibe he put off was just a little too much for me. Uh, I mean, he's like very good looking and his voice is great, but like as far as like character development i would have liked to see a little more you know i changed my mind about the mages kind of thing you know but um it was it was too angsty for me and i didn't dig it i almost wonder if the way they have his hair is half the reason that we all think he's so emo because he has the 2000s emo haircut if they didn't have that would we think he was that intense yes as I am currently romancing him right now, yes. <laughs> Not to say he's a bad romance, but comparatively speaking to other ones I've done, I I think Dragon Age 2 in general was pretty mid as far as video game romances go, but that's just my opinion. But, you know. yeah, I think the DA2 fan fiction for the romances is what gets everyone really loving the characters because we as the fans go so in-depth into developing what we saw in the game. We saw hints of things and then the fanfic writers just run with it and I'm just like, oh, is this really the reason that I romance Fenris almost every time I play Dragon Age 2? The answer is probably yes. Alright, Shanko. Who did you not like? All right, so I have uh, not guiltily been playing Love Island, the game. Ah. And I have been I have been working my way through X in the Villa, and I cannot stand Suresh. <laughs> but they keep shoehorning you to, like, force that romance. And I'm like, please, God, just get rid of him. He annoys me. I hate him with a passion. <laughs> But I've been through, like, ten chapters of that now, and you can't get rid of him. Like, he's like a parasite. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, thank you for supporting Love Island. Uh, if I remember correctly, Ben Sabin, that was the game that he worked on, and he wrote a lot of the storylines. But he wrote, I that doesn't sound like the character name he wrote. So, heck yeah. I did, however, and... play Bombshells, and I am a hardcore Bruno stan. Hmm. That is not a game I have heard of or played. Uh, all right. 
Apollo, do you have a least favorite romance? Oh, uh, there's not really anybody I've ever romanced that I did the romance was like, yeah, I, didn't, ah, I don't like this person at all. I'm, I guess my most disappointing maybe is Diana Allers in Mass Effect 3 because it's just implied. You flirt and flirt and flirt and then she just kind of walks off and it's just implied that you're going to sleep together, but you never really know. So I guess that simply because it's just an implied romance. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Miss Battle Tits really does not give you anything. Yeah. Okay, uh, I need that on a t-shirt immediately. Battle Tits? Yeah, it's not Miss my... <laughs> it's not my creation, but I've heard it, and so I've definitely picked it up. Uh, yeah. No, she's, she's there for eye candy. She's there for giving you... Um, extra war assets and reputation points. So she serves a purpose and we are technically covering her in our Mass Effect 3 chats, but it's going to be a combined episode with a couple other people who have very minimal interaction, um, but they are technically romance options. Um, So maybe we'll find out more in her backstory that makes me like her a little bit more, but being somebody who's played through Mass Effect 3 multiple, multiple times and have talked to her at every single opportunity because I am an asset whore and will pick up every single one that I can, I don't think we're going to find anything else in her history that's going to make me like her any more than she is right now. I did like her from the beginning, though, because I was first time I played Mass Effect 3, I didn't look to see who was in the game or whatever, and then I'm walking up to somebody and I'm like, hey, that looks like Jessica Chobot. Then I talked to her, I'm like, hey, it sounds like Jessica Chobot. Shit, it is Jessica Chobot. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that it would have should have been better with Emily Wong on the ship. It would have made sense. But okay, Bat Knight, you had a visceral reaction to this question. Okay, so the reason that this one is such a big deal to me is because this was... Uh, a video game version of a character I have loved near and dear for a very, very long time. I have referenced this character multiple times. I am referring to Marvel's Spider-Man, the black cat, because this, this character is just every one of my definitions of just boy. Yes. That big old O and I in there. I absolutely adore that character. I've had the hots for that character for so long. And as I've said in chat and on Discord and whatnot, the daddy part of my tag is not a clever nickname. I am a father of two. So the dad relationship, you know, children, that whole thing is a big deal to me. It is a very, very, very important. And so very early on in the DLCs for Spider-Man, Black Cat shows up. She's, you know, flirting with Peter as she's a spider, as she always does. And then says, if you don't help me, the bad guy, Hammerhead, will kill my son. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, shit, this just got real. And, of course, there's the whole subplot of Peter trying to find out, wait, am I the dad? Like, you know, this is the recurring story. And, you know, spoilers, it doesn't end well, especially when you come to find out that, A, Felicia double crosses you. And, B, there was no kid. She made it all up. 
And I remember being so that, like I said, that that just hit me in a guttural, you know, this was not just the player being disappointed. This was me personally. Like I took so much offense to that. And I mean, there's even a suit that you get from her. If you do her side quest in the main game, it's a black and red suit. My two favorite colors. I thought the suit looked badass. I, I earned that suit in the game and I wore it throughout the DLC. As soon as that happened, Nope. We went back to the red and blue. Screw that. I'm not in no affiliation with this chick. I was so mad. And the fact that she comes to bail you out in like the last couple of minutes of the last chapter of the DLC, my wife watched it with me. She's like, so I guess she's forgiven now. I went, no, absolutely not. Mm -mm." (laughs) Yeah. Lying about having a kid that that's a line that you shouldn't really cross. <laughs> hmm. And then the whole string, like I said, stringing Peter along about whether or not it's actually his, like he tries to ask her, like Felicia, is there a chance? She's like, you can't talk about that right now. We'll talk about it later. Just, there was all this buildup. And then to find out that was the reveal. I was like, hmm. it's like a lot <sighs> the same lines with Nabib manipulation that like girls who use like the I'm pregnant excuse to stay with somebody I've definitely mm. known someone like that who did that yeah Kelly Kapoor of the Marvel Universe it's like okay I fully understand now why you had such a visceral reaction to the question because now I'm mad about it I'm like that's such bullshit ugh one that should absolutely never happen in real life because yeah when i've definitely met women along the same lines um and it's been, like for the stupidest fucking thing it was like it mainly happened back in high school like that's when it, uh, when i was hearing stories like this like i'm going to tell my boyfriend that i might be pregnant and see if like maybe he won't break up with me um you know and i mm. I, I had a roommate in college who did that and I didn't find out until like the boyfriend came over or ex-boyfriend came over and I was just like hanging out in the living room and he told was telling me what happened. He was like just pouring his heart out and I was like, dang, that sucks, man. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm going to take it to a... I can't say happier place, but a <laughs> a less angry place. Okay, so there was a romance that burned me, and I was not happy with it. Uh, I played Boyfriend Dungeon. I love that game. It is super fun. It's a great dating sim. And then it's also just a fun little dungeon crawler. Um, so highly suggest it. Uh, but there is a character in there named Sunder. And he is aesthetic to the point where I was like, okay, you are my teenage wet dream right here. Okay, he is a vampire goth guy who loves to play with like sexy roses and talks about biting and is just like everything that, you know, going deep into the vampire. And I was just like, okay. And he's all dressed in all black, and he's got a Latino accent to him. He is Mr. Fire and Flame. 
and is also a dagger that is really powerful to use while you're in the dungeon. Okay. So, after you get through about like six or seven dates with you, okay, so each of the characters in Boyfriend Dungeons, you get 10 dates with them, which is like amazing. Like, <laughs> that's an intense amount of romance. Um, oh, and you can romance everybody and nobody cares because that's just the whole dynamic of the thing. You are not monogamous with one weapon unless you want to be. Um, so I'm going through with Sunder, having a great time with him. And then one night he's just like, you know what? I've decided I don't want to date humans anymore. It's over. And he leaves you. You fucking son of a bitch. I've spent like 15 in-game hours. Well, maybe not 15 in-game hours, but like I've been on seven dates with you seven dates with you and now you just wake up decide that you don't want to date humans anymore and you break up with me <sighs> and then he's like oh but i'll still go dungeon crawling with you if you want to use me <clears throat> and the use the use me that i saw facial responses to that it's just the way that they use uh because you can still select him as a weapon to go dungeoning so yeah I just Throw out the whole ass man. <laughs> I just saw Yuri Cat's comment. He pulled a Solus on you. <laughs> no, no, because Solus chops off my arm. Sunder just stomped oh. on my heart. There's a difference. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Solus is just an idiot. That guy sounds like a jerk. But he's sexy as all fuck. You'll have to post a photo in the Discord. I Do not learn anything from my story, Jen. Sexy I... doesn't automatically make it okay. Okay. Well, I also played Boyfriend Dungeon like earlier this year, so <laughs> I didn't have that story. I keep telling you I have a better vampire for you. You need to play when the night comes. I bought it. I bought it last night. And I have it installed. You're going to love it. It's so good. Okay. Gideon Emery voices the vampire I'm speaking of, for those who do not know. And Gideon Emery is the voice of Fenris, who, and the voice of my character I wish was romanceable in Final Fantasy 13, uh, or 12, I always get it wrong, uh, Baltier, who is... Whew. Yes. Um, okay. I am downloading a picture of Sunder right now. And um, I actually plan on streaming uh, the, the, that night game um, when I am, not tonight, but when I can. See, for me, in a video game romance, I... I do, you know, looks do matter to an extent, but I think uh, personality is is the is the key. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I mean, it's just like in real life, right? Oh, dang it! It covers up. The looks draw you in the start, and then you talk to them, and they're you're just like, and Alistair just says something sarcastic, and you're like, "Well, guess I'm romancing you now, aren't I?" <laughs> 
I, I have a question for you guys. Um, was was there any video game character romanceable that you thought was like really good looking, but like when you found out their personality, you were like, nah. Fenris. I actually kind of feel that way about Meryl because I think she's really cute and her personality is very bubbly and fun, but I'm just like, she opens her mouth and she starts talking and being like, blood magic is fine. And I'm just like, honey, no. Yeah. Harley Quinn, fun to look at, but then she starts talking and it's like, oh God, woman, please. Uh, Morinth? Can I go with Morinth? <laughs> That's fair, because you die. If you romance her, you die. So she is, by definition, the worst. Alien poison ivy. Um, like if but the yeah, Reapers really wanted to get rid of Shepard, they should have just recruited Morant. Uh, I mean, I think they tried to, but uh, that's what Banshees are. We have found the commander's weakness. It is pretty people. Jacob, I see that one. He's definitely very good looking. And then he makes you work way too hard for the relationship. And then it just doesn't work out the way that you want it to. I get that. Um, all right. I wanted to romance Jacob back in the day. But if you remember on the Xbox 360, how he like how his mouth animation just didn't look good. And he kind of like talked with his teeth open. Um, the first time I had a conversation with him, I, I was walking up and I'm like, oh, okay, so he's kind of cute. He's got the, the abs and the skinny waist and the big chest and the, the biceps. Like, all right, I can vibe. And then he spoke. <laughs> yeah. And it was all downhill from there. Just like in real life. On behalf of my gender, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's not a gender thing. That's a literally, if someone's that cute, there's going to be something wrong with them. Suddenly I'm reminded of Mantis. Well, then I am very happy to be ugly. Uh, And on the flip side of that, I knew, like, Iron Bull to me, physically, is not that attractive. I mean... The horns are way too big. The eye patch is not something that I would normally go for ever. Um, it also weirds me out that his tattoos either turn on or turn off depending on what armor you're wearing. So what are you painting him on? There's a mod for that. Yeah, I haven't modded Dragon Age yet because I don't want to deal with Frosty. Um, but He's one of my all-time favorite romances. Like, he's number three on the list. <laughs> like, I, I, but I'm not that physically attracted to him. Does anybody else have that? Uh, yeah, Definitely. I think part of why I've never finished his romance. I've started it once, but I also ended up picking the Templars in that playthrough, and that lasted for five minutes. Hmm. Like, I am I'm fairly certain I've heard Jen make the ride the bull joke quite a few times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I am going to ride the bull every time that I can. But um, I don't know. Like, 
I'm worlds more physically attracted to Cullen, but the Iron Bull romance still drags me in because it's just so fun. Hmm. Yeah. Garrus is also a good one, Yuri. He, when you look at the scary robot, or not robot chicken, that's a, that's a different Seth Green. Um, when you look at, I mean, he's a, fucking velociraptor why do we love the space chicken velociraptor samurai boyfriend it does not make sense i'm going <sighs> jurassic park it <laughs> created weird associations in our young brains uh jen and to answer your question though like that's kind of how i feel about jaw is like when I was looking up like the romanceable characters for female writer, I was like, "Oh man, look at this! This alien is—he looks—he looks, he looks kind of weird." And then you know, he he talks, and you get to know him. And I'm like, "Oh, he's adorable." <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, Jaws definitely one of those ones where I'm like, especially when he takes off his shirt, and then his chest is so weird looking, it's so bony. Mm-hmm. But you, you 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 look past it. You get over it, because the romance is so good. <sighs> All right, we have definitely talked about a lot of weird shit tonight. I love Patreon chats because of that. Ah, <sighs> open discourse about everything and all the different types of romances. The ones that we liked, the ones that we didn't. What else? We've t- also talked about physical attraction to pixelated people on a video game (laughs) i love that there is so much for all of us to bond or argue about and yeah i love you guys (laughs) okay so let's go around the room and shout out anything and everything that you want to promote right now um yeah lizzie all right, well, I am Lizzie or LVCC13, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LVCC13, where I stream Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Kingdom Hearts, and Assassin's Creed. Win. Uh, I don't I don't do anything cool. I just chill and stuff. So uh, you can find me on the Discord if you like. Well, I don't know why you're talking to me. I'm not that fun to talk to. It's N G U Y E N F T N. Win is amazing like to talk to. to. You. We love you. You're awesome. Shanko, you've got a couple of shows. What you got? I do have a couple of shows. I am one half of the MCU Lorecast. That is a show I do with Psych88, where we go over the comic book history and connections to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we have a really great time discussing all of that. So if you're into Marvel Comics, go check out the MCU Lorecast. I am also the host of The Fight Space, which is a martial arts podcast. So if you're into ultimate fighting, martial arts, movies, all that kind of stuff, check out The Fight Space. I'm having a really great time working on some episodes with my good buddy Nick. And we've been having a good time um, working together. So um, definitely check it out. 
yeah, it's, uh, I love the MCU and I have been listening to Fight Space as well. I can't wait for you guys to start jumping into more movie watch throughs and breaking down the fight scenes in those. Apollo, got anything cool? Uh, nope, not really. I'm not a con- I'm not a creator, so I'm just kind of here. I'm Apollo. That's sorry. I'm not not entertaining enough. <laughs> you are entertaining. Uh, I think you've only missed like one or two of these Patreon episodes, and I enjoy talking with you every time. So oh, I made it. It was Lady Gaga that I was gonna miss, but I I managed to make it for like the last fifteen minutes. And we 100,000% gave you a pass for Lady Gaga. I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah, I might have to miss for Taylor Swift. I'm going to have to miss for Taylor Swift if if that's the last Friday, but that's way down the road. Pass also given for Taylor Swift. (laughs) Bat Knight. As of this moment, I'm not... uh content creator of any kind except i do occasional uh compilation videos on my youtube channel but i have been playing with the idea of a couple of things uh i'm looking into a an idea for a podcast i have and i actually think i might start doing uh twitch streams if i can figure that out when uh midnight suns drops because i'm really looking forward to that game All right. Uh, Well, good luck in the endeavors on Twitch streaming. And I am here to help and support you where I can and what I can do. All right. Um, But if you like what you are hearing here tonight, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me and Vervada on our Two Girls, One Ship chat on the radio robots radio discord channel and come give us a follow on all the social medias and on at patreon.com slash two girls one ship you can also find me on the cyberpunk lorecast where every thursday night at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern at twitch.tv slash cyberpunk lorecast where we talk everything cyberpunk uh video game comics netflix series and of course the uh tabletop rpg uh you can we can also find the both of us on our own two girls one ship discord where we nerd out on all of our favorite cgi significant others be sure to check out the live streams of the girls at on Twitch on Wednesdays and Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. Or watch the YouTube video a few months later because I've really been fucking slacking on those. (laughs) Our podcast episode release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening. And remember that beauty is in the eye of the controller. Welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Rummer. And I'm Jaxus. 
Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at 3 Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3 thoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>